This is the 391st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. NFL free agency is here and the Atlanta Falcons are spending some money. I'll go over what the team has done so far and what former Falcons assistant general manager Scott Pioli has to say about the Falcons free agency class. We'll also hear from UGA head coach Kirby Smart and wrap things up with your mailbag questions. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. And a friend of the show is Scott Pioli of the NFL Network, former assistant general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. He was here when they drafted Chris Lindstrom. He was also here when they drafted Caleb McGarry. They were charged with rebuilding the lines, and they hit on Chris Lindstrom. Here's what Scott Pioli had to say on the Falcons re-signing Chris Lindstrom to a five-year, $105 million extension, courtesy of the NFL Network. I'm so happy for Chris Lindstrom. As some folks that know his story, he lost his mom to cancer last year. Very, very close with his mom. And Lindstrom, you know, we drafted him and McGarry that same year. And when we worked him out and we watched tape, we absolutely loved this guy. We thought it was going to take a little time to develop because, as you remember, DJ, too, yeah. he was a little bit under yeah. right? People talk about super athletic. Light. Yeah. Super athletic, had wrestler torque to him, that weird wrestler strength, but he also had this incredible amount of toughness. And he, he has this amazing balance of being such a good, kind person off the field. But for those three hours, this cat hits the switch and he is an angry player. And you know, it, it was interesting. We had this charge when we got to, to try to rebuild this offensive line, and we drafted a couple guys that we knew were going to take a little bit of time to develop. And it's so great to see not only Chris Lindstrom, but see Caleb McGarry developing this year. And uh, kudos to and, and congratulations to Chris. I mean, it couldn't happen to a better guy. I mean that sincerely. All right. Now, if you follow us on Twitter, you know about Scott Pioli and some of the great work he does in the community uh, for um, some of the underserved communities. Uh, so stay on top of that. And uh, he's one of the good guys out there. Uh, in addition to, uh, you know, being one of the uh, award winning executives for the New England Patriots. He had his own shop in Kansas City and helped to lay the foundation 
for what would become today's modern-day Super Bowl champions. Uh, there was John Dorsey in between, then Brett Veach after that, but some of Pioli's uh, teachings are still there with that team, and then he came over to help out his buddy Thomas Dimitrov for a few years, and uh, now he's just out doing uh, broadcasting philanthropic work in the community. Uh, Scott, here's what he had to say about what the Falcons have done so far. I love what they've done already. People say, wait a second, the free agency just started. Well, they just signed or re-signed Chris Lindstrom. And to me, when you have all that space, it doesn't mean that you have to spend it now. Because let's remember, free agency is happening now. But there's also going to be free agency once players are signed, other players are going to get cut. Then there's June 1. Then there's the 53-man roster cut down. There will always, you always want to have a little extra money in your pocket. So to me, you don't always have to spend it. Think about what the future free agent opportunity is going to be in terms of not unrestricted free agents, but street free agents. And there's some free, street free agents that come out there. And to me, watching the Falcons, what I would love to see them do is exactly what they did. The most important part of free agency is to sign and re-sign your own best players. They just did that with Chris Lindstrom so a brilliant move by them well all right here let's look at our Falcons free agency tracker here as a midday Tuesday uh, you know they had a couple come in late last night so you know they're working they're negotiating agreeing the deals and uh, we're staying on top of those the one extension was Chris Lindstrom he received a hundred and five million dollar contract extension and we'll have a question from a special celebrity guest in our mailbag on, on that contract. The new free agents, they signed Jesse. They're going to sign at 4 tomorrow. Uh, we've seen Chris. He signed. They put a picture up of him inking his deal and then a bunch of well, bunch of uh, items about his work in the community. You know, uh, he only talked about his mother, uh, um, you know, uh, situation and passing last year due to cancer and his, his fight in that arena. But Jesse Bates, the th- uh, third, Jesse Bates, the third out of Wake Forest, all pro in 2020, signed a four-year, $64 million contract. Our guys in uh, Cincinnati say he's a great guy to deal with. And uh, Wayne Box Miller up there with the Bengals texted us earlier uh, to uh, let us know that, um, you know, he's going to be a good guy to deal with. And so that's always good uh, to know. Jesse Bates is good. Is as good as it gets. You'll appreciate him. I said, cool. Tell him we're a media family. I'll let him know too. Will do. Thanks for my guy up at Cincinnati, Wayne Box Miller of the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. David Oyamate, four years, 35 million, 24.5 guaranteed, $12 million signing bonus. Um, this is the one through a little bit of um, consternation. Our guy Pete Briscoe. Uh, down in Jacksonville with CBS said this was a little rich for a one-year starter guy. Uh, Brian Finneran retweeted it. But Caden Ellis, uh, three years, 21.5, 11 million guaranteed to reunite with Ryan Nielsen, the Falcons' new defensive coordinator. Doing a little work on Caden and found out he's Luther Ellis's son. And uh, you're like, who's Luther Ellis? Hey, 1995 first-round pick out of Utah for the Detroit Lions, two-time Pro Bowler, played 10 seasons in the NFL, nine with the Lions, and one with the Broncos. And if you follow my Twitter there, you know that he was a college roommate of Jamal Anderson. 
So uh, I tweeted Jim uh, Jim back and said, hey, Jim, well, you're going to have to teach him how to do the dirty bird. <laughs> so that's always good when you start seeing the players' kids come in the league. You know, hey, you've been around a little bit. Taylor Heineke, two years, 20 million max. It's on the books. It's two uh, for seven, two for 14. But, you know, again, if it works out, he's got to play. He can earn all that money. It looks a lot like the uh, Mariota two-year deal where they can take her out if they need to. But, um, yeah, they got a quality backup in Tyler Heineke. Taylor, I'm sorry. I'm going to do that. I do that all the time with him. I just got to read it. Taylor Heineke, Collins Hill High, Old Dominion, passed for 790 yards in one game. He's uh, the presumptive backup to Desmond Ritter. And you can go on AJC.com for our story on that. Even though the Falcons won't proclaim him the starter, we certainly did in the paper and online right now. And with our updated depth chart. Now, the returning Falcons so far, you got Bradley Pinion resigned at three years, $8.65 million. Fullback Keith Smith, one year, $2.3 million. Outside linebacker, uh, the, and these were done before, before the uh, – Legal tamper period on Monday. Of course, Lorenzo Carter last week, two years, $9 million. And then uh, Liam McCullough and Patrick Cassie signed their exclusive rights uh, free agent deals. So, um, you know, how the base salaries look, or how much money the Falcons got left, we were going to delve into all that. Uh, midday this morning before Heineke came across, it's still they still have $44 million. Uh, so there's a lot more work still to be done in, in the list of um, free agents, uh, or, you know, kind of still reflects that. But uh, they had some big ticket items, and they, um, you know, went out and spent money uh, to ensure uh, the defense. It looks like they got three starters over there, and Ellis at linebacker, Jesse Bates at safety, and then Oyamata up on the line. Uh, so the 12 biggest base salaries right now are, and I don't have um, – I don't have Heineke in here. He would be in here, so add him. So that'll be thirteen. We'll just call him seven million for now. Uh, Grady Jarrett sixteen point five. Chris Lindstrom thirteen point two. Some say that's a little high for a guard, uh, but Jake Matthews twelve point five. Johnu Smith, who came over in the trade, we didn't mention that one, but he came over in the trade with uh, for uh, Doug. Basically, got the Doug Marlowe pick. We got the Falcons picked up from Buffalo last year. Uh, got him, and he's at ten million. Casey Hayward five, Corderell Patterson four point two five, Youngway Koo three point five, Lorenzo Carter three point two. Uh, these are base salaries, not average salaries. Uh, then um, Matt Hennessy, Mikael Walker, and Jalen Hawkins at two point seven million, and then AJ Terrell at two point five million. Base salaries, the top 12 slash 13 when you throw in Taylor Heineke. Now, um, some things that have happened here in free agency that have been, um, you know, I guess news. We we uh, haven't seen Caleb McGarry go, which a uh, little bit stunned because uh, uh, Mike McGlinchey uh, from the um, 49ers got a $17 million deal. He just hasn't played up to that level. I was thinking you could probably get him for $10 million, but um, 
you know, a year and, and but somebody's overpaid for Mike McGlinchey. Believe it's Denver, but I, I don't. I got all. I'm just trying to worry about the Falcons and not everybody else right now. So McGarry's out there. Uh, he uh, they didn't want to pay 13.6 last year. Didn't want to pay the 18.2. I know they didn't want to pay 17 million. And uh, you know, so the tackle is the big hole that they have uh, so far right now in free agency. So they're going. It's a patchwork deal over there at this point. Or uh, you know, you can use the eighth pick and get one. Right now, we got him taking Peter Skaronski in the eighth round, in the eighth overall pick. Rashad Evans, the team's leading tackler, is gone. Uh, now, um, the money they paid, Caden Ellis signals that he's going to be a starter with $11 million of that guaranteed. So, um, you know, we're not looking for Rashad to sign, resign. Now, there's some, uh, we're waiting to hear back from uh, Drew Rosenhouse, his agent, who also has Jalen Carter. Uh, who's going to be working at Georgia's Pro Day tomorrow. And we'll just shoot down the list. We haven't seen these guys signed as of midday today. Alameda Zacchaeus, uh, Isaiah Oliver, Eric Harris, Demir Bird, uh, Jermaine Fetty, Mike Ford, Anthony Fersker, Elijah Wilkinson, Vincent Taylor, Bo uh, Brinkley, Kettlerell Hodge, Nick Kawakowski, McCole Pruitt, tight end, uh, defensive tackle Jaleel Johnson, Kobe Gassett, Matt Dickerson, Chuma Adoga, and uh, Rashad Fitton. No high-priority guys on that list, but, you know, those guys that, you know, you know them, they're not going to rock the boat. You know, the two that would be good to have would be, uh, you know, Oliver and Evans. Never can have enough thumpers on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Don't want to just give Rashad's job away, but, you know, new defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, he was clearly handpicked by Dean Pease, and, and now you got Ryan Nelson, and he's got his guy. So maybe Rashad will find a job somewhere else. McGarry, um, you know, run grade, you know, was good. Uh, a rookie's going to probably struggle in pass protections too. So if you can get him back on the low low on a one-year make good deal again, let him get back to the market. Maybe he's not a, a malcontent and could, you know, help you still run the ball. Uh, but eventually you're going to put that rookie in there, whether it's uh, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, or Broderick Jones from uh, Georgia. So you've got a lot going on there. Free agency, that's your free agency tracker, the 12 base salaries and so forth. And, um, and, and you got the Falcons who are out on the streets right now. Uh, so we're going to go ahead here and uh, move to a uh, break. When we come back from break, we've got uh, we're gonna go to our mailbag and answer your questions, and uh, we're gonna hear from Coach Kirby Smart. We're all up in Athens today, getting ready for Georgia's pro day, and uh, you know we're getting ready. They had 15 players drafted last year, so it's the place to be. Expecting all 32 teams here, but right now let's go ahead and get ready for the break. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution with the 391st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. 
and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, welcome back here to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is D. Orlando Letbetter, your Atlanta Falcons beat writer. And I want to take this time again to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. Now, if you haven't joined our community yet, we have a special deal right now for listeners to the podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories on AJC, our terrific e-paper, and all of our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from legendary columnist Mark Bradley. That's just 99 cents for the next six months. So take advantage of this offer. Go to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. Again, go to subscribe.ajc.com com backslash podcast that's what we need you to do so you'll really know what's going on we want to thank you for your mailbag questions today and uh, we put a, a, a tweet out there and you all responded in mass so we have a lot of great questions today we're going to bring in daniel solerson our producer here to help us with the mailbag today how you doing today daniel I'm good, D-Lit. I appreciate it. And again, you can follow D-Lit on Twitter at D-OrlandoAJC. As he mentioned, plenty of questions to get to, so let's get started. We'll start with hometown Brandon Leak. Of course, you probably heard him on 680 The Fan, but he does have a question for you, D-Lit. In year three, what do they want the franchise quarterback to look like after passing on capable guys in lieu of keeping draft picks? I think that's going to be a good question. We're going to, uh, you know, forward that one to coach. We'll see him next week in Phoenix at the owners meeting. But home team, I believe they want to look like a game manager type deal. Somebody who could, you know, they can run the ball now. They can run the ball. And uh, you got to hit wide open pits in um, uh, London. So he showed he can do that last year at the end he showed he can get the ball to london i like those numbers now it's can you spread it around what do you do when they blitz can you hit the check down guy can you keep the ball out of trouble he's that manager now and um you know that's what that's step one i think is what you want your i'm gonna be reluctant to call him a franchise quarterback if it's a manager type situation if it's it's a manager slash developmental Slash maybe one day franchise quarterback is what you're looking for home team. And that's uh, I think that's only fair. All right. Sounds good. Let's go down under Atlanta Falcons, Australia. Hey, Orlando, please tell me the Falcons are going to try and get Yannick Ngakwe. I've wanted him since 2020. He hasn't had a season under eight sacks. Best pure pass rusher left available in free agency. Get Terry on the phone. Yeah, no doubt. We'll get him on the phone. Uh, certainly, uh, 
you know, he has put up the numbers wherever he's been. He beat out Dante Fowler in, in Jacksonville, got Dante traded or uh, to the Rams. So he's been around. It's been an edge rusher. The, the issue is uh, can he stop the run? When the team's loaded up, they've been able to run at him. And uh, the other issue is the Falcons have drafted a bunch of guys just like that. And, uh, you know, Arnold Ibekute, D'Angelo Malone, uh, you know, Adi Agundajay, you know, and they, they, they're going to want to see if they can hold him up. Uh, the other edge rusher I'm keeping an eye on is Davenport uh, from New Orleans. Uh, you know, they, can, they probably can get him on a little bit cheaper deal than they could Yannick. So that's what we're looking at. All right, next one from at Shedrick Carter too. Anything else big, pass rusher or tackle? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they got enough money left to do something smart. You know, they're definitely, I'm being facetious when I call them the Splash Brothers because these moves are not real splashy. They're very fundamentally sound. Uh, they're not throwing money around. Uh, $17 million for uh, Mike McGleachy would have been, you know, a splashy move. Uh, they they didn't get into Lamar Jackson. They didn't call about Aaron Rodgers. You know, last year they were going splashy trying to get Deshaun Watson. This year we're seeing them build up their offensive linemen uh, and the defense. I think it can't be undersold that they um, did that right up the middle with Caden Ellis in the middle on in the linebacking core, and then you got a single high all-pro free safety and Jesse Bates to clean things up on the back end of that defense. So stuff gets out, he can take care of it. Uh, so that's um, those are some of the big takeaways from the Falcons. But, yeah, I don't see a lot of splash coming in the next few days. All right, at AJ Law 1914 at what point do we stop saying we are rebuilding and are actually title contenders with an all-pro quarterback at the controls? That's down the road, AJ. You're still rebuilding. You got too many holes to fill. You can't just tear down a team and, uh, you know, come right back. So some patience is required. Uh, there's a lot of development to be had, uh, and you got to hit on a lot of uh, draft picks. And so – uh, we've seen some development over the first two years. Uh, now will the owners stay patient and let them continue to develop? You know, ideally, uh, you know, this year you should be able to compete for a playoff spot. Now you don't want to, you know, do like the Giants did. You you won a game and then got just, you know, beat, just ran out of the playoffs in the, uh, in the divisional round. You want to be able to compete. And so uh, uh, it took the Eagles three years to get, uh, Jalen Hurts up to speed and so to me now that's the new model with these quarterbacks if you don't have Trevor Lawrence uh, and they don't uh, and they're not gonna be able to get Trevor Lawrence so you got to develop him put weapons around the quarterback and then uh, you know build that defense out when that defense is stopping people and you got some weapons then you can start trading to add your A.J. Brown to to get downfield with you, you know to go with Kyle Pitts and Drake London uh, and the Russian attack. So that's where we're at. We're still, they are still rebuilding. I don't care what they say, uh, but that's what it is. You don't have a championship. You know, you can't say, hey, is Desmond Ritter a championship level quarterback today? You can't say that. You know, you want to be able to say that uh, down the road. All right, this one's from Colin Jenkins at CJ underscore all day. Are the Falcons serious about protecting the quarterback? Does the secondary still look suspect? Remember when Vic Beasley was supposed to be that dude, D-Led? 
Yes, and I'm sec- oh, we got three questions there. Yep. Uh, the first one was... Are the Falcons serious about protecting the QB? Protect QB, secondary, and Vic. Okay. Protecting the QB? No, um... They they still got to get a right they got to get a right tackle. Uh, Caleb McGarry that was his weak weak uh, part. Uh, they for some reason they wouldn't chip over there and give him some help. So uh, they very very rarely could um, you know do five and seven step drops last year. Uh, Mariota was good at escaping, but once the team started sitting on those routes, you know the longer routes weren't available to him. So they're still not there uh, with that with regards to protecting the quarterback secondaries much improved with Bates. Um, they are, it looks like they're counting on getting Casey Hayward back. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do at nickel. They're letting Isaiah Oliver out there. So, um, you know, a 34 year old guys, your second corner is, uh, you know, risky life to me. Um, you should be able to get a corner in the draft though. Uh, either you start him at nickel and then move him outside, uh, or, um, you you know start him outside and move the veteran inside, but yeah you can get a corner in, in the draft, uh, but the safety situation is taken care of, so I can see where the secondary will be much improved. I remember when Vic was gonna be that guy, and I've been watching the XFL games. He's playing for Las Vegas, uh, trying to revive his career. I ran into Brian Cox in Indy. And uh, he also was watching Vic in, in the XFL to see if he's going to be worthy of a shot to come back in the league. Brian could uh, – he got the 15.5 sacks out of him in 2016, you know, and he's with the Giants now. So he's got a couple places to land. If he could just show a part of what he was uh, with the Falcons, he's only 30, should have a couple years left uh, if his heart's really into it. Uh, and that was but that was a question – uh, late in his stay here, and then when his short stays in uh, with the Titans and the Raiders. All right, good stuff there from Colin. This one's only one question. This is from Uncle Charlie at Charlie Ray four 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 four. His profile picture has Georgia Southern in it, so I've already liked Charlie a lot. Go Eagles! How cocky does Arthur Smith have to be to think he doesn't need a top tier quarterback? Well, the, um, he's seen it. He's seen it work for Tennessee, and uh, he's seen it work uh, for Washington. You know, he's a big fan of Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs gave him his break. Um, and, uh, you know, the Washington teams won Super Bowls with, you know, three different quarterbacks. You know, Doug, uh, Joe Theismann, Mark Rippon. Uh, they had good teams built around them. They had hogs that can go, you know, knock people around. Uh, those quarterbacks can make the throws that were needed to be made. And so that's his teachings. They went with Ryan Tannehill when uh, other people in the league didn't want anything to do with them, namely the Miami Dolphins. But, you know, at, look at those teams. They were good defensive teams built out uh, with a good running attack with Derrick Henry and so forth. So looks like he's trying to follow that model since, you know, it's a lot harder to get the quarterback right. Uh, he was in Tennessee when they went with Jake Locker. He was in Tennessee when they drafted Marcus Mariota. So instead of trying to strike goal at quarterback, he's trying to build out the team and then find a guy, a quarterback, that's not going to kill him. And uh, that's that looks to be uh, the way that they are proceeding. This is from DZ at Dynasty Blackout. How worried are they that season ticket holders will stop renewing when we blatantly ignore generational talent like Lamar Jackson? 
Falcons had a chance to have the stadium on fire again. Surely hope these moves pay off. Yeah, no doubt. They're not trying to build a, uh, you know, Atlanta likes to, uh, you know, Atlanta's a sizzle city. They want, um, they don't really care about the bacon, but they like the sizzle that goes with the bacon. Uh, and this is a meeting. This is a bacon type type of build out. You know, it takes a while. Um, you could have went for the shiny object here. Uh, I wanted them to. Cunningham wanted them to. I mean, the, the stadium would have been buzzing, but it was going to cost too much. Uh, two first round picks and two hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, then you've been basically playing a bunch of guys from, uh, you know, from from the seventh round or, or guys, street free agent guys and stuff like that. Uh, you would have been like the the 2012 Falcons who, you know, the offense was great. They got a 17-point lead against Kaepernick and them, but then couldn't hold it because, you know, they didn't have any good linebackers to cover those tight ends. And, uh, you know, just uh, can't get everything. But, uh, you know, they're trying to build it out the right way uh, to the point where they don't go for the uh, shiny object, uh, you know, Lamar winning you know, a lot in the season and then not being able to get it done in the championship. But uh, that's what they're going. This is the election. This is what they did. This is the election that they have made. Uh, last year looked like they were going shiny object. They thought they can get Deshaun Watson, but then the price of quarterback play went up through the roof with the uh, guaranteed contracts and so forth. So if you were to guarantee Lamar 250, uh, two first-round picks, uh, you'd have been playing a bunch of rookies over the next three years, and, and really you'd have to hit on all those picks, and they kind of know that's not a way to live uh, in the National Football League. All right, last question comes from your friend Bill Torpy. Straight up, $105 million for a guard, D-Led? What's up with that? Yeah, Bill, that uh, I got that same question. Uh, Bill's our fine columnist at the AJC. You know, gritty guy, old uh, monster of the midway from Chicago, tough guy, uh, follows his football here, and he knows that's a high price for a guard. But this is supposedly, this is, uh, Chris is the, you know, top guard in the league behind Zach Martin in Dallas. And, and so you want to reward your guys in the locker room who are getting the job done. And so we heard Scott Pioli talk about the drafting of, of Chris Lindstrom. And, yeah, it may be a little bit higher to pay for guards and safeties, but when your football team is, uh, you know, starting over and you have a lot of hoes, the guys that can play, you sign them. The guys that, you know, you got questions about, you let them go. And that's what we're seeing here uh, with uh, General Manager Terry Fontenot and Head Coach Arthur Smith this offseason. All right, good stuff. Again, if you have any other questions for D-Led for next week, you can follow him on Twitter if you're not already yet. Shame on you. At D Orlando AJC, the way to follow him. And you can tweet out your questions to them. We can answer them next week. I'll send it back to you, my friend. All right. Thank you, Daniel. That was our best mailback ever. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you all for sending those questions along. And we're going to wrap up here with some Georgia Pro Day items. Uh, Georgia um, had 15 players selected last year. In the draft, uh, there are going to be a lot of guys out there on the field uh, working out. A few names that uh, you, the, the, the Georgia faithful will uh, notice or coming back to uh, help out. Amir Speed is one. All the combine kids, uh, you know, the big, big one is Jalen Carter and what he's going to do uh, with the um, you know, workout. He didn't work out at the combine. 
And uh, Stetson Bennett, what kind of workout he's going to have throwing the ball. Uh, Nolan Smith's probably not going to work out because he, um, he ran pretty good up there. So he's in good shape. And then the, the other news is Georgia Tech's uh, pro day is going to be um, Thursday. So we'll be over there for Coach Key and his crew. Uh, also, all 32 teams, Jalen Carter. And we'll hear from Coach Smart. But uh, it's uh, Amir Speed is coming back. Kobe Wyatt, tight end, is coming back. And um, Matt Landers will be there to help out with the um, former uh, the receiver will help out because they don't have enough receivers. So those are some of the guys that are coming back for Pro Day. And, uh, you know, just like last year, you know, there'll be some late-round picks like the Falcons picked uh, Schaefer, uh, Justin Schaefer late, and then John Fitzpatrick to, you know, get those numbers up to 15. I'm sure there'll be some guys performing tomorrow that will do the same. So let's hear from Coach Kirby Smart on everything um, that they can help with the student athletes uh, in a positive way, given uh, some of the, the things that have been happening over there with the football team. I think the first thing I'll, I'll address and talk about a little bit is, you know, the expectations we have here at Georgia for our student athletes. Certainly, we haven't met some of those requirements, and we want our student athletes to meet those, and we take those things very seriously. You know, the, the standards that have been created here for a long time, that doesn't change. And uh, we want our players to live up to those. And the mistakes they make, we treat them like we do our kids. We discipline them. We try to prevent them. We try to educate them. We try to do all we can to help our student athletes in a positive way. And um, it's been a tough go with the death of uh, Chandler and Devin. As you guys know, it's a tragic accident. And uh, our players have been through a lot. You know, when you talk about the help and the mental health that some of our guys have needed since the, the accident, it's been a really tough go of it for them. Um, I feel like our players are, are, are starting to be able to acknowledge and, the, and they understand that, that, you know, when you make mistakes, that decisions that are costly can cost you your life. And uh, that's not to be taken lightly. And uh, I think our guys understand that and continue to educate them. And we'll continue to do all we can as a university to make sure they behave and do that in a proper way. And we know from uh, the AJC reports that Jalen Carter's uh, got a tough road here pre-draft, uh, convincing teams that, uh, uh, you know, he um, – you know, why he left the scene of the fatal crash on January the 15th that killed uh, two, uh, one player and one uh, program worker. But here's what Kirby Smart said about any discipline for Jalen Carter. You know, first, that's a really big question, a really broad-based question. So anytime we have discipline with our players when it comes to law enforcement, we discipline our players. That's that's very commonplace. Um in the case of Jalen, he's not on our team currently, so that's a hard question to, to answer when you talk about the discipline that's in place for what just occurred, and really that's an ongoing investigation in which he hasn't been tried for. Very similarly with, with Jamon, with Pop, he still has a day in court for those, those charges that are still charges right now. He has to handle those in court. Will they be disciplined? Pop, absolutely he will be disciplined. 
Do I have to define what that discipline is right now? No, I don't have to define what that discipline is, but I can assure you that the education piece is there and the discipline's there. Our team is a very disciplined team. They're going to do what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, and when they don't, they're going to face the repercussions from that. And that, that'll be the case in all these situations that we're talking about now. And finally, from Coach Smart, we, uh, he discusses the players who might participate in the pro day who, aren't, um, who didn't go to the combine. You know, I, I don't know that I can answer the exact question of who we have that's working out that didn't go to the combine. That that list will be uh, pretty long. We've actually got a couple guys that uh, they left in the portal that are going to come back and work out and compete. Uh, I think Amir Speed's coming back. A couple other guys that are going to come back. I think Colby Wyatt's coming back. I think Matt Landers may be back to help Stetson with the throwing and, and do the throwing sessions. We don't have enough receivers. But I, I'll, I'll be able to probably answer those questions better tomorrow when we move to, to pro day. Well, all right, everybody. Thanks for coming by. We had a lot of free agency activity this week. Uh, we'll see who all actually signs and how the Falcons are moving out this, are building out this roster and rebuilding, trying to get solid pieces in place to move forward and compete in the NFC South. Now we can kind of look at the NFC South. We know Derek Carr is the quarterback in uh, New Orleans. Uh, Tampa Bay is looking like a Baker Mayfield Kyle Trash situation. And then up in Carolina is looking like uh, one of the rookies. Uh, we're going to go with C.J. Stroud for now. Uh, maybe they um, maybe they go Bryce Young, but they are number one at the top of the draft. Now and they'll have a pick. So we'll see how that works out. So uh, for now, we're going to ask you all to take care and have a great rest of your week. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.